All right. We've been talking a lot about um, changes as a church and and going forward and what God really has for us in going forward. And, and about being able to step into the heavenlies. And one thing we really want to emphasize, and we talked about it for the last couple of weeks, um, bits and pieces here, we really want um, everyone who's a part of us as a church to be able to step into heaven in your own right, to be able to engage Jesus in your own right, to be able to... The Bible says that you actually have need of no one to teach you because the Holy Spirit will teach you. And about three weeks ago, I think it was two weeks, whatever it was, we talked about how um, church has really become a place where... You sort of come and you sit and somebody talks and everybody listens and we go away and it's like, you know, feed me, feed me, feed me. And that was never really, I think, what Jesus had in mind. And Paul writes, he says, you will have no one need to teach you but the Holy Spirit. And you can actually discover every day, every moment of every day, everything you need to overcome in your day. You don't need to be rocking up here on a Sunday and me teaching you. Now, most pastors won't tell you that because <laughs> it doesn't look good in stats. It doesn't, we don't meet what the world says is success because the church has really taken on what the world says is successful, that it's big numbers and you know this and that and it all looks flash and wonderful. Jesus, in in that case, was actually very unsuccessful because he had 5,000 people and he quickly turned that into 12. Do you know that? He had the crowd there. They're following him and he says, you're following me because I fed you. And he says, if you really want to have what I've got, he says, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And people looked at him and said, that's disgusting. And they left. And he went from 5,000 down to 12, and he turned to the 12, and he said to them, are you going to go too? And they went, this is really hard. We're having good trouble with this. His whole leadership team's going, we're struggling with what you're saying. This is a little freaky. But they also said to him, where else are we going to go? Because you have the words of life. We're a little freaked out by what you're saying. We're finding it a little disgusting too. But we've got nowhere else to go because you have the life. And so he successfully grew his church from 5,000 to 12. And then he took that 12 into the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, let's have a meeting together and you guys pray. We're going to have a big prayer meeting. I'm going over here to pray. You guys intercede over here. He came back and they were sleeping. Awesome prayer meeting that one was. He did that a couple more times after waking them up and they're still there sleeping. So finally, when they're at that big moment, all 12 are there and the soldiers come to arrest Jesus and how many is left after 10 minutes? None. They all left. So he went from 5,000 to 12 to none. By today's standards, Jesus was an absolute total failure. Because then he dies on the cross. He comes back to life, this amazing miracle. People come out of their graves. 
And so when Jesus actually finishes his time on earth and goes up into heaven, he probably had about, well, it says the 120 in the upper room, so you've got to assume that that was probably what he had. So he wasn't an amazing success by today's standards. Because we're not meant to measure by the world's standards. Because what happened after that? 3,000 people got saved in one day. Then another 5,000 came to know Jesus. And then the church spread all over the world. And now, I can't remember what the figure is, but you know, we're getting up towards the billions of people who know Jesus. My point is that we've got to stop living our life by the world's standards and we've got to start living by heavenly standards because we're taught to a higher calling. Church, I don't believe church is meant to look like it looks now. I believe it has a different look to it. We've created an entertainment culture. You go to the latest churches being built, you know, they're nice big flashy warehouses and there's the full sound system and the full lighting system and, you know, it's got this and that and you walk in and you can be entertained for an hour and ten minutes because that's how long it goes for and then you go out, you have your great cup of coffee and then you go home. And look, it's got great parts to it. People are coming to know Jesus. But I believe that we're called to more. We're not meant to look like the world. The Bible says we're supposed to look peculiar. Do you know that? You're supposed to look like a weirdo compared to everybody around you. Then nobody signs up to be a weirdo, do they? (laughs) You and me, man. We are, we're meant to be weirdos. You're meant to look different to the world around you. Do you know that? And part of, the, part of the reason some of us are in this room is because we do fit. <laughs> <laughs> so when someone says you, you're a weirdo, you're peculiar, you say, I'm like Jesus. Because <laughs> Jesus didn't fit. When Jesus held a meeting, they wanted to stone him. That's not success. The church of the time wanted to stone him. Did you know that? The successful people wanted to stone him. They rejected him. Do you know who accepted him? The woman who was at the well who was the reject of her town. The lepers who were told they couldn't even come into town. The people from the areas that were the, you don't go to that part of town. That was Jesus' success story. You see, we've got to stop thinking like the world thinks and we've got to start thinking like God thinks. And that's the sort of church... The sort of group, I don't even like the word church because the word church actually has a whole connotation that, that is actually wrong. It's actually not biblical. The word assembly, I want us to be an assembly, a group of people that look like Jesus. That when people look at you, they go, 
I want what you've got. It's weird. It's wacky. I don't understand it, but it's in your eyes and I want it. Because you're so full of God that you are no earthly good. And we've been told that's a bad thing. It's a good thing because you need to be heavenly good. Yeah? We need to be kingdom good. You see, we are called to be kingdom builders. And I want to teach you and we want to empower you so that you don't have to rock in here for us to teach you, but we rock in here to share good stories. That we rock in here. Let me read to you out of Corinthians. I'm sitting there with God yesterday and he's going, just let it flow out of you, Phil. So I apologize for Connect Group leaders. No notes, but you've got to learn to do this. So, hey, I'm throwing you in the deep end. All right, that, that, the only way I know to do this is to throw us in the deep end. All right? It's like, you know, teach a kid to swim. You know, you go through the, the paddling pool and, and they spend, you know, uh, six months in the paddling pool learning how to do all the floating and the strokes. And then they go in the slightly deeper water and, you know, and then we go through a process there. No, no, let's just throw in the deep end, eh? Yeah. Shall we do that? Yeah. Are, are we up for the deep end? Because yeah. like the song goes, whether you sink or whether you swim, it makes no difference. Because God's got you. And if you sink, you're just sinking in his love. You can breathe underwater. You are Aquaman. You are a mermaid. (laughs) Swing your tails. (laughs) I love getting drunk in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 says there's one body. And many parts, but we're all one body. And we're in Christ. For as one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, whether you're slave, free, Jew, Greek, doesn't matter where you come from in the world. All have been made to drink into one spirit. And it says when we come together that one should bring a song, that another should bring a psalm, that someone else should bring a word, that another should bring a prophecy, another should bring a teaching. See, I want us to come together, and I haven't sat down all week, and I've come and prepared a sermon. We just come together. And we just speak out of hanging out with God all week. You see, you can work into your job, walk into your job full of the Holy Spirit. And He will give you supernatural wisdom and insight to be more effective in what you do. And he will give you words to speak into the people that you're working with. Because he says, he says we're all royal priests. First Peter says that. He says that we're all part of the royal priesthood. You are a priest before God as much as I am. It doesn't work. In the old system, it was like you had God and he spoke through the priest to the people. But when Jesus died on the cross, he tore the veil that separated the people from God. And he says, you're all priests. It doesn't matter whether you've been to Bible college or not. It doesn't matter whether you know the Bible back to front or not. He says, you're all priests and I want to teach you directly. Not through somebody standing up the front and talking and teaching you. God says, I want to teach you directly out of our relationship. But we have to change how we think. 
we have to learn how to step into what he has for us. So my job right now is to teach you how to do that. I want to get to the point where we can all come together, we can step into heaven, or we're just walking in heaven. And the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what you need. Because we've all got stuff in our life and we're looking for breakthrough and we're looking for answers. And they're all in God. But you don't need me to teach you. He will teach you directly. Yeah? We need to do something. We need to change our citizenship. You're not a citizen of earth anymore. We see, when you said, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, you changed your citizenship. You got a new passport. All right? You are no longer Australian or Greek or New Zealander or Croatian, or English, or wherever you come from. You became heaven. Heaven is your new home. You are now a citizen of heaven. All right, see, we've, we've glorified death and said death is the gateway into heaven. Jesus never said that. He said, I am the way. And when you became a Christian, you got a passport into heaven. Not only that, but you got given the key to unlock the door of heaven. Do you know that? Because Jesus is the key. Jesus is the passport. He is the steps. He said, I am the way. And we've gone, okay, that's great. So when I die, I get to go to heaven. Yes, you do. But you don't have to wait till then. He says, you're a citizen of heaven now. He says, boldly approach the throne of grace. Where's the throne of grace? It's in heaven. So how are we supposed to boldly approach it if we wait until we're dead? In fact, he says that, let me read it to you because it's always nice when you read it through. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Verse 4, sorry. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, even when you didn't know Jesus, when you were doing all the sinning, when you were walking away from him and living for yourself, then when you came to know him, tag the name there. Even when you were dead, he made us alive together with Christ. So before you even became a Christian, he made you alive. That messes with our head, doesn't it? Because we have this thing of, oh, it's when I asked Jesus into my life. No, he actually made the way before then. You just stepped into what he's already done. You see, God is never far away from us. He's actually right next to us. He is right there. 
He is always right there. Even when you sin, He is still right there. Even when you can't feel Him and you think, oh, He's a long way away, He is right there. Because He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is right there. Waiting for us. He has been waiting since the foundation of the world for us to step into him. And when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you took your first step into him and allowed him into you. You ever ever been swimming and you're swimming so much, you feel like there's not just water on the outside, there's water on the inside as well? And you feel waterlogged, you know what I mean? You ever have that feeling? That's how it is with God. He is so around you and inside you. And it says then that we are alive in Christ and raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what happened at salvation. You had the right to sit with God in heaven. See, we've been told that we have to pray from here upwards. And don't you know that the person who's higher up has the authority? Do you know that? You ever play basketball? I get someone like Christian. <laughs> when I play basketball, when I, I was really short growing up. I've grown a little bit since then, but I didn't know I was short until later on. But apparently I was short. Probably because I had a friend who was shorter and he was the shortest guy I've ever known. <laughs> so I felt tall. <laughs> but he wasn't. And so I played basketball. But I never played guard. Now, guard's the guy that never goes near the basket. Because at the basket are all the really tall people. And they were all big, they were all tall. And so I was the guy that was always shooting from the outside. Because if I tried to go in to where the basket was, if I tried to do a layup, I wouldn't get very far because they could stand over the top of me. And they had these long arms. And I didn't. And so if I tried to go in and put it up, then they would stand over and they would just block it. Because I was short. And they were tall. And they had the authority. They controlled that keyway. It's the same here on earth. You see... Ephesians tells us that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. When you're struggling and you're fighting and you're feeling like I'm not getting breakthrough and stuff's coming your way, it's actually not an earthly thing. It's actually a heavenly thing. You see, the heavens around the earth is where the principalities and powers are. That's where the devil moved in. You ever look where it goes through and it says that, you know, a creation... God said, he made something and said it's good. He made something and said it's good. When he made what we call the heavens, the atmosphere around the earth, he never said it was good. Because when he, when he made that atmosphere around there, the devil moved into that region before he could say it was good. He never said it was good. Because Satan took up residence there. Because he actually can't have residence here on earth without our permission. Because God gave us the authority here. So he took up residence in that area around there. 
And that's where he controls from. That's where he tries to govern earth from. But see, what Jesus did is he seated us in heavenly places. So you have the earth. You have that atmosphere around the earth where the principalities and powers try to rule. But we're seated above that. Because we can govern from above. We have control of the keyway. We're seated in heavenly places with him, far above all principalities and powers. Why are we far above? Because we have the seat of authority. We govern. But the problem is that we've been trying to govern from earth. And we weren't called to govern from earth. But see, that's where we've got into the world system. The world system says, this, <coughs> this is how it works. And we believed what the devil has said. And the church tries to govern like the world governs. We try and do things like the world thinks. And so you look at church, it's become powerless. Because we were told that speaking in tongues and prophesying and doing miracles is not cool. People don't want that. They want us to be like them. So when they come in, they feel comfortable in church. Well, I'm sorry, but church was never meant to be comfortable. Did you know that? Ask Jesus, because they weren't comfortable with him. He said, I actually came to make the comfortable uncomfortable. And if you're uncomfortable, then I've come to make you comfortable. Which is really quite depressing, because you see, once you become comfortable, then you have to become uncomfortable again. (laughs) What he's saying is you're in a constant state of change and growth. That there's more of God to discover. And we've limited him to saying, this is what it looks like. Well, we're not that place. We're not that assembly. We're not that group of people. We're a group of people who are going to learn how to step into the heavenlies, to step into where Jesus is and to actually govern. And so when we have our situation we're facing, when we're facing financial challenges, when we're facing health challenges or family challenges or job or business or whatever challenge it is, we're not sitting here going, how do I do this? How do I solve that? We step into heavenly places. We get revelation straight from the throne and we speak into that situation and bring change. Because that's what we're supposed to do. But we have to take that first step of the uncomfortable and that's stepping into heavenly places. And that means church looks different. That means what we do here on a Sunday is going to start looking different. It means that no longer can you sit there and go, feed me, feed me, feed me. But you need to go to God and say, teach me. Straight to him. And then as he teaches you, you need to come into this environment and go, you know what? God said this. So it's not me. It's not Dale. It's every one of us moving in the gifts and the talents and the abilities and the relationship we have with God. But it means we've got to step out of what's comfortable and into what's uncomfortable. That we have to expose ourselves to God. We have to trust each other. We have to do things that will challenge our theology and our belief system. And God's been ripping mine to shreds. 
And he's going to do the same with yours. He wants to dismantle us and put us back together so we look like Jesus. Do we want to go there? Are we ready to go there? I want us to go there now. I want us to take the first step into stepping into heaven. All right? And this can be a little scary if you've never done it before. It can be a little intimidating, but it's worth it. Because as you learn to do this, and you can do this every single day, as you learn to do this, you will learn how to walk with God. You will learn how to have him teach you. You will learn how to overcome. You will learn how to govern. All right? Because you see, heaven is not just one room. Heaven is this massive place where there's all these there's different rooms and different places. And in, the, in heaven is your scroll. And it's written the plan and purpose for your life. And you can actually read your scroll. And see what God has for you. And see how you can overcome. You can walk in the garden with Jesus. You can swim in the waters that bring healing. There is so much to heaven. But while you're there, he's going to touch your heart. He's going to heal your hurts. He's going to work through you. He's going to challenge you. He's going to push you. Can I tell you, it's uncomfortable. Because when you step into heaven, you start to see you. And all those parts of you that you thought were okay and realize that actually they're not. But this is where we've got to trust each other. And as we go through those things, we just keep it among ourselves. Because it's between us and God. And we're here as family. But you see, as we do this, as you learn to do this individually, eventually we're going to start doing this as a corporate group. Because there's places in heaven that we can only govern as a group. Right? You see, because the world is not changed by us voting in government. I'm not saying don't vote. Vote. All right? It's important. But that's not what's going to change. You know, I look, I look at these people commenting about Trump and Hillary Clinton and all this stuff in the US and how it's going to make a massive difference. And it's not going to make any difference. What's going to make a difference is people knowing how to step into the heavenlies and govern because he's given us the authority to govern. Do you know that? He says that. He says, I have called you. He says, it describes as the ecclesia, the called out ones to govern. We're actually called to govern over our thing because it's not by flesh and blood, it's principalities and powers. And we have the authority to govern over the principalities and powers over this place. So we can govern this state. We can govern this nation. We can determine that it becomes a godly nation by our governing and bring about the will of God by governing up there and then that shows us what we do down here. Yeah? Because what happens in heaven happens on earth. All right. So we're going to take the first step today. For some of you, it's first step. Some of you have been doing this a while. That's cool. You can help me. All right? Some of you, you're a bit like me. You're still new to this. All right? I'm still new to it. I have not got, not got this all down by any stretch of the imagination. All right? And I look at Dale and she's, you know, walking with Abraham and chatting with these guys and I'm floating in black things. But... <laughs> <laughs> 
all right? So I, I'm, I'm probably as new as most of you, all right? So I figure let's all learn this together, all right? I'm probably about half a step in front of you. And my aim is probably to stay about half a step in front of you because as I learn, I'll teach you and then you'll learn and then you can teach me and together we'll learn. How's that? Is that a good deal? All right? And this is what church will be over the next who knows how long until we work out where God's taking us and what he's got for us. Forget This is what he's told us to do, so we're going to do this. All right, I want you to close your eyes. Now, the key to this is, see, I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, society has always told us to stop dreaming, to stop using your imagination, just get down to work. Toil. All right, that's not how God works. God gave you your imagination because it's a powerful tool to connect you to heaven. Because it connects your spirit, which rises up. And we have to learn how to let our spirit control us rather than our mind and our bodies. All right? So what I need you to do is, is we're going to use some visual images to help us to learn how to step into heaven. All right? Because you see, you're in Jesus and he's in you. And if he's seated on the throne in heaven, you're seated with him. Right, actually, what I want us to do is I want us to stand up. Stand up, close your eyes. Okay, if you're feeling a bit squashed, move around somewhere. But what we do is put one foot in front of the other, just like this. Just the foot you would take your first step with. All right. And just sort of lean back onto the heel of your back foot. All right. Now, like I said to you, Jesus is just in front of you. It's like there's a veil there. That we're on one side of the veil, on the other side is heaven. And you can step into heaven anytime you like. You can come to the throne of God. You can walk with Jesus anytime you like. Because he made the way. So while you're leaning back on your back here, what I want you to do, is, as you see that veil in front of you, as you sort of step forward, to lean forward onto your front foot, as though you're stepping through that veil. And step through and get in your mind a picture of Jesus and you're stepping in to meeting him. Maybe you're stepping into a garden with him. Maybe you're stepping into the throne room. Just get that image of stepping in to being with him. All right. Now just lean back and step back out again. All right. It's that easy. And if you're going, this isn't working for me. Maybe you need to put one foot forward, the other foot back if it's not working for you. All right? You can step into him. You're worthy. Some of you are going, I'm not worthy. I can't do this. Yes, you can. Because Jesus paid, he, he made you righteous. You can't be unrighteous. If you've accepted Jesus, you are righteous. So you can step into heaven. All right? We're going to do that again. Let's put one foot forward, one foot back. And just step forward, like through that veil. So you're stepping into another room, but you're stepping into another dimension. You're stepping into heaven. And see Jesus in front of you. And you can talk to him. And he will talk to you. In the garden. In the throne room. In a field. Wherever you see Jesus. You're with him. You'll start to feel his presence in your body. You're with him. 
Jesus. Walk with him through the garden. Sit with him in the throne room. Walk through the fields. You can swim in the river. Wherever you are with God. Walk with him. Talk with him. Tell him what you've been struggling with. Oh, that's the presence of God. All right, just step back again. So you're stepping back out. When you're ready, just step back. It's no rush, just step back. For those who have been doing a bit longer, you need to step back, all right? Because I know some of you will just hang there. <laughs> Walk with us, just step back. All right. Just slowly open your eyes when you're ready. Okay. Did anyone feel like they stepped into heaven? Yeah? Did you feel like it's okay if you didn't? First time I did it, I went, I felt absolutely nothing. <laughs> that didn't work for me at all. The first time I did it. Seriously. It was like, okay. I mean, nope. Nothing. All right. And th- that's all right. Anyone, anyone feel like that? That was my first time. You know, I feel like, yeah, absolutely nothing. Didn't work for me at all. No presence of God, just stepped in, stepped back. All right. That's okay. You're probably like me. I, I don't. Even now when I step into heaven, I don't see things clearly. All right. And part of that is is God dealing with stuff in me um, about how I am and how I see things and a whole lot of issues. All right. This is part of the journey. So don't sit there and go, that didn't work for me, all right? The idea behind this is you've got to keep pushing in. For those of you who step in, you're probably the more um, sensitive to what God's doing, all right? Um, for me, so I mean, I mean, I've spent 10, 12 years teaching people and you know, dividing life up and leadership and church and structures and systems and so on. What this is, this is really outside of that sort of system and into a whole new system. And God has to reteach me. And probably with some of you, he has to reteach you. All right? For those of you who stepped in, that's awesome for you. All right? First time. Good on yous. All right? Now, what I want us to do is to learn how to keep doing that. And for those of us who sort of did it and went, nothing's happened, you need to persevere in God. Sit down with God and just sort of go, God, I need to see you. For me, what I started doing was I started seeing like the garden, as I sort of saw, as I think the Garden of Eden looks, and the river there, and I would just swim in the river. And then from there, it developed into being able to walk by the river with Jesus and have him talk to me. And it's still not clear like some people see. I mean, Dale sees, you know, this amazing things and everything else. And I just go, no, I didn't see that. (laughs) All right. But that's okay. All right. It's a journey. So I say this is the start of a journey for all of us. All right. But I want to encourage you, for those of you who found it very easy, to try and do that every day. That when you get up in the morning, if that's what, if it takes stepping in for you to do that, if you can do it, you know, sitting down or whatever it is. Sometimes I find sitting down is good because people get drunk in the spirit and fall down. 
<laughs> so sitting down can prevent that. All right? But if, if different parts of heaven, and he will start to teach you. Are we okay? All right. Do you want to do it again? Should we have another go? Let's have another go. All right. And for those of you who are like me and find it very hard to do that, to step into it, that's okay. Look, some, some people don't see. Some people just feel. I, I, like when we did that, I felt heaven. It's, it's like so heaven came down, but I think we actually rose up into heaven. And I felt the presence. I didn't see a thing, but I could feel all around me, especially on my shoulders, was just the glory of heaven. That's okay. All right? You've got to be where God takes you because this is about discovering that God has a journey for you and it's different to the person next to you. And that's actually okay. We've never allowed that in church. We've all got to do the same thing. You know, we try and talk diversity, but we all try and be the same. <laughs> All right? But God will do what he wants to do with you. He will take you where he wants you to take. You, yeah. Are we okay? All right. Let's, let's all stand again. Let's all stand. One foot back, one foot forward. And see, see the veil like a curtain. You ever seen that? What's that stuff, that white stuff you can see through? Chiffon, that's the word I'm looking for. All right. It's like it's in front of you and there's, there's a slight gap in it. All right. And you've put, you put your foot through. Just put one foot through the thing and you're still, you're still back on one side. All right. And then lean forward as though you're going through that curtain. Have you ever seen Narnia where, they, where she walks through the wardrobe and she pushes away through the wardrobe and comes out the other side and, and there's snow and she's outside like that. Just step through. Just step through the gap. All right. So step forward now if you haven't already. Just step forward from your back. To forward and step into heaven. And there's a garden in front of you, a river flowing. It's green, there's fruit. See it in your imagination. And there's Jesus. Say, hi, Jesus. There's a path in front of you. Walk the path. Just walk with him. You don't have to say anything. The great thing is you can just be with him. He knows your heart. Just walk with him. He wants to be with you. He doesn't want servants He wants sons and daughters. He wants friends. Brothers, sisters. Walk through the garden with them. There's a seat. Sit down on the seat. Let your imagination go there. If you find yourself coming out, just say, Jesus. Jesus.
can start to step back, we're going to step back, back through the curtain, back to here. And when you're ready, just open your eyes. And you can take a seat when you're ready. All right. That was a really, really small intro to what we can do in God. All right. Eventually, we'll get to the point where we'll actually step into places of government in heaven, where God will have you. Uh, one of one of my experiences was actually standing in a courtroom and and having people come and bring case because it's like there's courtrooms in heaven. Well, you can bring your case before, and you can actually bring your case before the throne and say, God's word says this. So I bring my case before you in the name of Jesus, and I bring my accuser before you. And you can actually take demons into heaven and bring them before the throne. And they have to stop doing whatever they're doing. But that's a whole other area. There's a whole lot of other stuff around this, all right? There's party rooms in heaven. If, you, if you're really saying, I'm not getting this understanding, start reading some of C.S. Lewis's stuff. He, he had this. He understood something. Just read through the Narnia, the Narnia series, are they called? All right? You may go, I'm not much of a reader. It's a great place to start because you'll start to, when you start to read that, he was, he was a Christian. And he and Tolkien used to get together in a pub with a couple of other guys and they would talk about God and they would talk about stepping into heavenly places. They under- he understood this. He had a revelation that heaven is there for us. So if you're going, I'm really struggling, start reading those. They're quite good and they're a good read. You know, if you've got kids, read them to your kids. <laughs> All right, should we leave it there? Are we Okay. All right. Each week, I think we're going to start to do more of this and learn more of this. You know, if you want, if you go on, I need more of this. There's a prayer meeting on Tuesday night. We're starting to do some of this. All right. Stepping into heaven. So if you're looking for a midweek boost, Tuesday night. All right. It'll start to happen in our connect groups. We're going to start going down this path. Because we're called to govern and we need to meet together to govern and to minister to each other. Yeah? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. You're a good God. Thank you that we can engage you directly. That through Jesus you opened the way. Teach us. Guide us. Release us to be all that you made us to be. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.